Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. We think in pictures, so this is why vision boards are so important and visualizing your outcome. Like I will even ask a salesperson to get to the meeting 15 minutes early, visualize exactly how this meeting is going to go. How great would it be to buy a piece of institutional quality income-producing commercial buildings? Well, now you can with Building Bits. It's not a REIT or a fund. Building Bits is a new platform for non-accredited investors where virtually anyone, regardless of income, can select a building lease to a major corporation with a guaranteed long-term lease. You can now invest in the same quality assets, which have previously only been available to institutions and wealthy individuals. Once you choose your building on BuildingBits.com, you can invest as little as $500 and receive your share of the rents while BuildingBits' team of real estate pros handles all the management aspects of the building. For the first time, the big corporations in America can actually start paying you. And when the building is sold in the future, the potential appreciation is redistributed to everyone so you don't just get the rental income, but also share in the upside. Best of all, since these securities are SEC qualified, they are freely tradable immediately. The $500 minimum with no upfront fees is available for a limited time. There are great properties available nationwide with major tenants, so don't wait. Go to buybits.us today and pick your property before they're all sold out of their current inventory. That's buybits.us. That's buy, B-U-I, bits, B-I-T-S, dot U-S. The SEC offering circular is available at buildingbits.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Terry Ogburn. How you doing, Terry? I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad you're doing great and it's my pleasure. And a little bit about Terry. He is the owner and lead business coach of Ogburn's Business Solutions, where he helps business owners work on their business, not in their business. He worked with Century 21. We all know what Century 21 is. For six years, turning offices around and specializes in recruiting, training, and managing, and actually took one office from being ranked 382 in closed volume to number 56 in closed volume within one year. That's a big old increase in closed volume and also climbing the ladder in the rankings based in Tampa, Florida. So with that being said, Terry, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Oh, sure. I'd be glad to. My background started as most people getting into business. I was fired out of the car business and I could work on air conditioners. So I became an air conditioning service company. 
based on the fact that I could work on air conditioning. And through that, I led into me understanding that we need to work on the business, not in it. And that's all I was really doing was being a technician. So after a few years, a few mentors, got a, a lot of good people under my belt, giving me direction, and I learned how to work on my business. So then that took that into the corporate world, did some turnaround stores for Radio Shack, did some traveling in the travel industry to help them introduce my plan to their world. And that worked, took a company public. Then in 2005, found myself, after the real estate adventure, found myself wanting to help small businesses. And so I started my company in 2005. When you bring on a new client, what are the questions that you ask them initially? That's a good intro there. I have an intake form. The first thing I want to know is what would be the three outcomes that the prospective client would want from the call? That's first. And then I need them to explain briefly to their business and how it works. And then I go through a series of questions such as, do you have a business plan? Do you have a strategic plan? operations manual, budget performa, job descriptions, and all of these are typically answered in no, but it's reflecting back to the client that they need these things. Uh And then I get into some more questions like, what is your biggest challenge you're facing right now? What key improvements would you like to see? What's the single best revenue generator you have? And I have 15 total questions, but it all gives me good background so that I can lay out a strategy for them. Got it. Okay. So you're asking questions. You're learning more about the business, both what they need to have but likely don't have, as well as what they currently have, like the revenue generator. So you're getting to know where they're making most of their money. So once you get those questions answered, do you have a process that you typically go through in order to turn a business around? I do. It's called an eight-step business development plan, and it can be customized to any person whether it's an individual or a company. And then from that business development plan, we extract an operations manual, which consists of eight components. The business development plan is number one, and then you have an action plan or what I call a strategic plan, number two, an organizational strategy, including your organizational chart and job descriptions, a checklist section, so any job function, any task that you do should have a checklist written for it. Then you need a budget performer. Most people don't know what performers are these days. They rely on QuickBooks. But performa is forecasting the income you want, not just the income that you got coming in, but you can build towards that, manifest that into place. Then you have a policy and procedures manual section where you this is your rules and regulations to your game. And then a direct marketing plan and a social media marketing plan. That rounds off eight sections. Once you put this manual together, you can actually take and duplicate it. So you could open a store in San Francisco, California, anywhere you want. You just take your operations manual with you and open up a new store. Wow. You got it down to science. I got most of them. What were the first couple in the operations manual? It's my unique business development plan. Yep. And then the strategic plan or action plan is the pathway that you're going to take. And what I do there is I take all the job description line items, the tasks that need to be done, and those then are transformed into a strategic plan or an action plan. Then we can actually grade that from zero to five, each one of the line items. So basically, if all your team is performing at their optimum, 
then you should be scoring anywhere from three to five on each one of your line items. So that's something that's assessed after the plan is implemented? Right. Every quarter, my process is that you grade yourself every quarter, not verbally or with emotions. You grade it with specific numbers. Like if you're supposed to have 20 sales this month and you come up with 15, then you are 75% of goal. Mm-hmm. Okay. I use the SMART method. I'm sure you've heard of it. Specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. So every task must be orchestrated in that way. For a real estate entrepreneur and a business owner, well, I'll just speak for myself and then perhaps others might be thinking this. This sounds phenomenal. The challenge I would have is it seems like a bunch of work that on me to put this together, like the org chart, like – Well, the org chart's not that bad, but policies and procedures and direct marketing plans, social media, that definitely need all this. So do you put this together for them? And if not, how much work is involved on your client's part to assist you in this? Good question. We can actually get this done in a one-hour, one-on-one meeting for 13 weeks. So the manual will be put together in a 13-week period. Now, you, as the individual, you'll probably have two to four hours a week that you're working on this manual concept, but there'll be other tasks that you have to do, prospecting and things like that. The one thing about the real estate business is prospecting, and that's a tough thing to do. Most realtors want buyers. The reason we did so good in that ranking, as you described, was we focused on listings. Okay. And that's troubling for a lot of realtors because that means they have to actually get out there in the street, knock on doors, and do that. Now, I have a, a great system that I even implemented in a general contracting business in Chicago. We did the same thing. We just created a farm. Most realtors know a farm. So I created a farm for them. They're, I don't know again, what a farm a, is. What's a farm? A farm would be where you take a neighborhood. Like what I did in the real estate, we took uh, condo buildings and we divided them up into everybody had about 200 properties, and their job was to talk to these people once a month. And through that, we could convert them into listings. Mm-hmm. So a farm would be like if you were assigned a particular neighborhood, then it would be your job to become known as the representative for that area and that you knew everything about that area, and knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you take your clients through the 13-week plan. So I I imagine it's a 13-week process, it sounds like? Correct. It's a thing that we do, regiment, every one-hour call, every week. You leave with homework, then you have stuff to do. We check the homework the next week, and then we keep moving forward. Now, it will take you, once you get the meat and potatoes, so to speak, the manual put together, it takes about 18 to 24 months to implement it. So it's not just create the manual. you got to actually implement the actions that are in there, too. So it's, mm-hmm. it's more than Oh, you, you can't just write it down. You actually got to do it, too? Yeah, that's the oh, bad part. So there's a catch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is. What, if anything, is different about the process when you work with real estate companies? And it might be a brokerage, like you described, or it could be a company that's doing wholesaling and a scaling or an apartment syndication company. Okay. The plan works regardless of what venture you're in. Like my guy in Chicago, he buys rental properties 
And we put the same thing in plan in his place where he buys multi-unit facilities and then we use the plan to grow with. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as franchising. How I came up with this concept, Joe, if you don't mind me sharing real quick. Sure, please. In the beginning of the 90s, I moved to Miami to help create a franchise from scratch. And in franchising, once I give you an offering circular, I can't ask for any money for 14 days. So I had to create a process that would keep them busy for that length of time, as you can get that. So in understanding franchise law, the Federal Trade Commission says that you have to prove your business on paper before they will ever let you sell it as a business opportunity. What that means is that they don't want you to have any more than a 2% failure rate. Mm-hmm. So if you pattern yourself after the Federal Trade Commission, any business just follows that same process, your business has to be successful. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. So why go and try and reinvent the wheel? Why don't we just follow what the Federal Trade Commission says you have to do? Well, you, mm-hmm. you have to have training manuals. You have to have checklists, so to speak. You have to have all the I's dotted, all the T's crossed. You have to make sure that this business, before you sell it, you can't make any earnings claims, but you certainly don't want anybody losing because if you lose, then you have to report that loss, and then that becomes a deterrent from anybody buying your franchise. With each of those eight steps, which one takes the longest amount of time for the individual? I understand that there's a one-hour call each week, so it sounds like they're all created equally during the call, but there's got to be some that take more time after the call than others. The job descriptions coming up with the task, like I can give your listeners the way I do that. Let's say you want a position for a receptionist. So you would go out and you would Google job description for a real estate receptionist. And then that's going to list your jobs, your roles and responsibilities and your duties. You capture all that. Then you take it back to a Word document and then you tailor those lines to meet your specific needs. Mm -hmm. Whatever you kind of personalize it, so to speak. Well, you do that for your sales rep. You can do that for your accountant, your bookkeeper. All of these job descriptions are out there. All you have to do is pull them and then you have to make them into your own personal stuff. You identify your stuff. That takes a good bit of time because there's a lot of research in that. And the other thing that takes time is writing a checklist for each line item. And that's important to a business owner because if I need you to come in and all I need you to do is get the mail out today, then there's a checklist that you could follow to be able to get that to happen. Mm -hmm. I imagine that checklist for the job functions can be quite extensive. It can be because I get you to write them in broken up into sections. So the first section is the objective. So what is the objective of the task? So you state your objective and then why is that important to the company? You list the why. Then you want to understand what tools that is going to take for you to accomplish this objective. How much time should you allocate for this objective? And then you put in a step-by-step. This is the first step you do. This is the second. Open the computer, launch QuickBooks program or whatever, and then you just follow each step. And at the end, you should be able to complete the task that was originally stated. Mm -hmm. What's something in that process that your clients have the most challenging time putting together. We just talked about what 
tends to take the most time, but that might not necessarily be the most challenging to think through. So what's the most challenging to like think through and come up with? That would get into your marketing now. Now, your direct marketing and your social media marketing, those are two distinctive animals or processes, so to speak. Direct marketing, it's not mass marketing. It's about singling out, as I call it, your deer. What is your ideal client and where do they hang out and then go directly to them, go directly to where they hang out. And that can be tedious because, again, bringing into my guy in Chicago, we singled out these little strip centers that where they need the interiors built out. Well, if you can imagine there's a big sign at the end of the driveway that says, we will build to suit 30,000 square feet. I'm sure, Joe, you've seen those type of things out sure. on the highway, right? Well, that is nothing more in the real estate business than a for sale by owner sign. It needs a tenant and it needs somebody to build out the thing. So you're going to provide the build out service. So you go and build rapport, knock on their door, you get you know them and that type. So that's your direct marketing plan, something that puts you to earn the business, not buy it. And then social media is a whole different marketing concept as well. That is more mass advertising, putting it out to the mass market. Some people buy ads and do that stuff. Some just grow their business organically. Either way can be done, but you need a sophisticated plan and how to execute it. Like if you're going to send out an email newsletter every month, send it out on the same day, each day at the same time. So people like you're going to be the fourth Thursday of every month at 10 o'clock and expect Joe's email. Based on your experience working with business professionals as well as real estate professionals, what is your best advice ever for professionals who are wanting to take their company to another level. I'll give your listeners a formula that I use. It's a four-step formula. If you don't mind, does this be okay? Yeah, please. Okay. So the first thing, you got to be committed. And commitment means burning the boats. That means you're in it to win it. You're not fooling around. You're committed to, if you want to be the best real estate company in the area, then you're committed to being that. Number two, we must put disciplines in our life that leads to that commitment. So that means if you got to get up an extra hour earlier to get your knowledge base under you or whatever disciplines, get off at time, whatever it is, you have to put disciplines in place to make sure that your commitment gets completed. Number three would be decisions. Your decisions should be taking you towards your commitment. I give any person that I work with permission to procrastinate on anything that doesn't take them towards their goal. <laughs> if this decision isn't moving towards their end goal, then question yourself why you're doing it. And then number four is vision. We must visualize that we're already in the success. We have to visualize that we're already in possession of whatever it is that we're trying to acquire. We think in pictures, so this is why vision boards are so important and visualizing your outcome. Like I will even ask a salesperson to get to the meeting 15 minutes early, visualize exactly how this meeting is going to go. I have some little things that I do different for real estate. One of the things would be if I'm going to be presenting an offer to a client, I would make a copy of that offer for every person that's going to be at the meeting. I want my salespeople to go there and present their offer. I don't like the other agent presenting my offer. I want to present it there. I have a chance to build rapport. Not that I'm going to have to say anything to the owner. I just want to be there and explain my customer and why they want their house. 
I have a different approach for sale by owners. Everybody knows that a for sale by owner is nothing more than a listing that's just waiting. Most of the time, the statistic says that the house will become a listing mm -hmm. for our realtor. My approach to that is quit trying to get their listing and try to help them sell their house. So I would call you up, Joe, and I'd say, hey, Joe, is that house that you have for sale on Second Avenue, is that still for sale? And you would say yes, and I would say, listen, I don't have a buyer right now, but if I could find someone that could pay you your price for your home and pay me my commission, could you and I do business? Yes. Well, of course you're going to say yes, <laughs> yeah. right? Okay, yeah. so then I make a call every week keeping in touch with them, and I have a little scripts that go with that. And then finally I call and I say, listen, I want to preview your house. Would it be okay for me to meet at the house and go through it? And then I have a little checklist that we go through, and all the time I'm building rapport. So then I send a little thank you note that says thank you for your time. Then a couple of weeks later after calls, I may call the next time and ask if I could hold the house open. Now, if I hold your house open for you and I chum the area by calling the neighbors in the neighborhood and get them to come over to the house and we create this buyer's list of eight or ten people, who gets that buyer's list? Well, I think you do. I do, not the homeowner. Right. So I've used that for sale by owner's house to get me my leads for my buyers for me, and at the same time, I might sell his house. and. After doing all this work, I might call up and say, listen, I know you've been trying, Joe, to sell this house for the last six or eight weeks. Would you consider me listing the house for you and seeing what I can do? Well, I just gave you all this free work for nothing. Sure. And now your wife is going to say, man, if this guy do that for free, what will he do if we pay him? <laughs> right. Because to me, when you walk up to a for sale by owner and you ask them for their listing, you're just really walking up to them and asking them for their wallet. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, if I walked up to you on the street and I said, hey, Joe, listen, how about giving me your wallet? Right. You and I are going to start fighting right away, right? I mean, verbally, I mean, not physically, but you're going to be against that idea right now. Mm -hmm. Yep. But isn't now in all reality, there's no real estate person that's ever argued with me about that. Who pays the commission for the house anyway? The buyer. Of course, the buyer always pays the commission. Mm -hmm. What I want my realtors focused on is what do they want at the closing table? Forget the asking price. Forget all that stuff. Forget the middle. What do you want to walk away with at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. And that's the figure we want to focus on. Yep. That's great. That's very smart and very smart approach. Thank you for sharing that. That would be helpful for a lot of best ever listeners who are real estate agents. And not even real estate agents. I don't want to downplay it. It's the approach of adding the value and giving. I have a, sorry to interrupt, but I have a rule. You're not supposed to offer price until you've established the value that's 10 times the price. Mm, I like that. Now, once I've got that value built into it, then I can paint a dream with it. I just give you one little quick story with a real estate agent. We had a approved buyer on a $500,000 home. She had a home picked out on the beach and she had a home picked out in the mainland and the customer would make up their mind so i told my agent i said which house do you want to sell them she said well i want them to, i want them to buy the house on the beach and i said well then invite them over to the house at sunset she said terry they've already seen the house i said i didn't say show them the house i said invite them to the house at sunset sell the sunset mm. but you know which house they bought right 
because it wasn't the house at all. It was the driving factor was that emotional attachment to the sunset. Mm-hmm. So good. sell the value, not the bricks and sticks. All right, we're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm on it. All right, I know you are. First, quick word from our best ever partners. Wouldn't it be nice to buy a piece of institutional quality, income-producing commercial real estate buildings for as little as $500? Now you can with Building Bits. Building Bits is a new platform where virtually anyone, regardless of income, can select a building leased to a major corporation with a guaranteed long-term lease. The $500 minimum with no upfront fees is available only for a limited time. There are great properties available nationwide with major tenants, so don't wait. Go to buybits.us today and pick your property before they're all sold out of the current inventory. That's buybits.us. That's buy, B-U-Y, bits, B-I-T-S, dot U-S. The SEC offering circular is available at buildingbits.com. Are you interested in getting started in real estate syndication but don't know how? My friend Whitney Sewell is the host of the Daily Real Estate Syndication Show podcast. He interviews top experts in the industry to help you learn the cutting-edge tools and strategies of the syndication business. You can find Whitney and his podcast at lifebridgecapital.com. Okay, what's the best ever book you've recently read? The book that I would read more than not is Think and Grow Rich. I've read it. 12, 15 times. What's a business transaction that you made a mistake on and something that you learned from it? Selling a house twice. How's that work? What do you mean by that? Well, one of the companies that I worked for, the realtor, the owner of the company, she actually got two contracts on the same house. You can't do that. I mean, it's totally (laughs) legal, right? But she had two executed contracts on the property. And when she brought it to me, I said, well, we can't do this. And so luckily for me, I'm good contract law. So I was able to get us out of that mess by just understanding how contracts like when somebody leaves a blank in a contract, I don't like blanks. Mm -hmm. So you need to put a date in there. So there's always ways into a contract. There's always ways out of them. So knowing your contract is how we got out of that before we got brought up on ethics violations. Best ever way you like to give back to the community. I'm a Shriner. I don't know if you know who we are. We have 22 hospitals, and we focus on children that have burns, cleft palates, need in orthopedic surgeries. We're the guys in the little red hats with and parades, and you see mm-hmm. us around. We raise about $2 million a day. And how can the best ever listeners reach you? My website, terryogburn.com or ogburnsbusinesssolutions.com. And I have an offer for your guests, too. Please, Anybody yeah. that would like to spend an hour with me, coaching over a particular challenge or opportunity that you see in front of you, and I can help. I'll be glad to schedule some one-on-one time with you and help you over the challenge. Cool. And how do they go about doing that? Just go to your website? Yeah, go to either one of my websites. There's a Contact Us button. Just click on that. It'll have you fill in your name and your contact information. Put in a comment. You want to schedule a coaching time with me, and we'll make it happen. Well, thank you for sharing the eight components of the operations manual, as well as the thought process behind why those components are there. And then the four-step formula that you talked about, be committed, have discipline in place, get the decisions, and then visualize your success. And then I love your mantra of you're not supposed to offer price until you've established value that's 10 times the price. It's powerful. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.
you, Joe, for having me, and best of luck to you as well. Are you interested in getting started in real estate syndication but don't know how? My friend Whitney Sewell is the host of the Daily Real Estate Syndication Show podcast. He interviews top experts in the industry to help you learn the cutting-edge tools and strategies of the syndication business. You can find Whitney and his podcast at lifebridgecapital.com.